Welcome to Enhancing the Human. I'm Dr. Jenna Gadsis, a renowned expert in the field of human enhancement. I've spent decades of my life exploring all aspects of human health, which has allowed me to take people from extreme injury and disability to peak athletic performance. I use cutting edge advancements, breakthrough technologies, and scientific insights to push the boundaries of human capabilities. The human body is able to do so much more than you think. Let's start Enhancing the Human. Hello and welcome to Enhancing the Human Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jenna Gatsis. Today, we step into the ring with world-renowned boxing coach, Julian Chua. Join us to discover the untold stories and tactics behind boxing success. Well, I want to know stuff for me, and I guess, told me this before, but just reiterate, and I'll remember more things now that you're telling me again, but what made you get into Professional boxing. Okay. Coaching in general. Yeah, yeah. Oh, already right now? Yeah. Well, when, <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was when I was boxing, it wasn't really working out for me. You know, um, it was, uh, I kept fracturing my hands. I had scaphoid fracture, distal radial fracture, fractured my left and my right hand. And, you know, it was just like a lot on my heart and a lot on my, on my mind. So. Scaphoid is not a good bone. The break, yeah, it was almost dead. Like it was like it would be black and X-rays, and I actually don't even know. It still is very painful today. Like I do Olympic lifting now as my workout, and like I have to strap my left wrist way tighter, and I stretch and everything like that. But it feels like the same place where I fractured it before. So, um, anyway, it was just like not working out. And how long did you box for? Um, actually, not like too long. Uh, I started at 17. Then so I started very, very late. Um, my mom didn't want me to box. And I was going to turn 18. And I was like, well, you might as well let me try this year. You know, I'm going to do it next year. It was like, you're an idiot. She's a doctor. And, uh, and I said, well, I guess I am. And followed it. I felt like there was something in my heart with it. And followed it. And it changed my life. So... You know, and in some ways, it saved my life. Not not in the same way a lot of these other kids, like they would have been in the streets. That wasn't me, really. But, you know, coming from a small town, there isn't really much to do. And a lot of my friends are gone, actually. Um, You're saying it like kept, kept you out of trouble? It definitely kept me out of trouble. I, you know, I even have like some great memories with friends that are gone, deceased, um, like running, you know. And, and they were like, after they were, we, that we all went to like a house party, all drank and... I didn't and I'm running and, and it was winter and the snow and it's just like a core memory for me. Um, rest in peace, you know, but that's, that's how I, uh, started boxing. And I last, the last time I competed was 20, 2012 or 2013, I think 2013. So, uh, so you kind of noticed around you that, you know, you, the lifestyle you were leading, did you have the awareness just so I get that right too? the awareness of like seeing your environment and being like, I see things happening and I see my friends going places I don't want to go. And that's what got no, you into it. No. Or like, it just, it was something inside. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, my dad loved boxing, you know, and I always like, I don't know. I always grew up loving, like watching fighting. I loved watching Dragon Ball Z, like animes. Like I always want, want, I liked it. You know, my, my parents put me in, Taekwondo when I was a kid and I didn't like how little contact it was. I wanted to like fight, fight the kids. Like it would be like 
board breaking form technique, but you never really like went at it, you know? But so I think it was more something like inside, like inside, you know, um, was never too much like, oh, I'm doing this to avoid this. You know, it gave me like the discipline. Or just like, yeah, no, meaning like, so I didn't want to go this route. So maybe I'm going to try this, but you, you just wanted to. Yeah. You had I just that drive. wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And so how long into boxing did you start to have fractures? Okay. So actually it's a long story, uh, but boxing in Indiana brought me, um, got me an opportunity to move out here to LA. And um, that opportunity was to train with Freddie Roach and Manny Pacquiao and uh, go for a gold medal in the Olympics for London. Um, but I didn't have much experience. I started boxing super late. And uh, this guy named Hermia Rivera, he's gone as well now. Um, he, he basically was like, he saw a fight of mine that got put on YouTube. And he was like, hey, I don't know how he was able to get in contact with with someone to get in contact with my mom, but it was along the lines of your son can fight, uh, got everything. He's got like everything you need, like the athleticism. He's got heart, like the fight that was, was a tough fight. Um, I was 2009 golden glove champion. I was fighting 2008 or 10. I can't remember. I was fighting a, a golden glove champion of the previous year who didn't compete in 2009, or it was like maybe the next year. I can't really remember, but we went at it and that's the fight he saw. And, he basically was like, you, we wanna, you want to try to let him come out to L.A.? Will you let him come out to L.A. train and maybe win, try to win an Olympic gold for the Philippines? Because the Philippines at the time had never won a gold medal in any sport. They actually won their first gold medal, I think, last year in Olympic weightlifting, and it was a female. Just sick, you See, know? See, I, I never knew this. Yeah, it's, so it's awesome. It's awesome. So interesting. Yeah, I have children. So cool. But, um, but anyway, um, the first time I fractured was actually a street fight, a fist fight. Um, being an idiot, you know, was not, I could have avoided it. And I was like, just a lot more hot headed when I was younger. And like, still today, probably like the biggest regret of my life, like, not, just not being smarter, you know? And then like, my hands kept getting fractured from then on out. You know, after that. I was more susceptible. Yeah. So that was the first time and kind of ruined that dream. But, you know, like God has a plan and like, I don't think I was supposed to be getting hit like in the face like that. Like, you know, I've had a lot of friends with a lot of like trauma too, that I grew up boxing with and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, uh, the plan worked out. I feel I'm very successful and very uh, healthy and grateful at, at this stage of my life in my career. So after one too many fractures, you decided to become a coach mm -hmm. or were you coaching within that? No. Okay. So it's funny. Well, so after I got, after I fractured my, the scaphoid the second time, so it was, I scalp, uh, fractured scaphoid three times. After the second time, there were supposed to be people helping me to like live out here and stuff like that. And like, what? let's chalk up this idea pretty much. But my mom was like, you need to find a way to support yourself out there or come home. So I started doing strength and conditioning. I just learned everything I could on like YouTube and whatever, you know, and, um, I had fights. I was a, I had amateur fights. So the, the other professionals and stuff, they respected that. Like I knew what they've been, they go through and stuff like that. And, um, that's how I was supporting myself out here for quite a bit of time with strength and conditioning, but I never like loved it. it wasn't like 
every time I was healed, I would go right back to boxing. I just wanted to box. Like I knew it felt like just like a bandaid, you know, and, um, and it still felt that way all the way up until I started training fighters in boxing. You know, I, I went from, from being broken to, to doing, uh, training clients and stuff like that at, at a gym called Wildcard West, which is now known as Churchill in Santa Monica. And, um, and I was still like trying to box then. And, and then when I started training the pros as, um, as the boxing coach, uh, the, the, the jitters and the will, the want to like pursue the dream of fighting just disappeared. Okay. Yeah. So then the biggest change from strength and conditioning and just training people for people that don't know one, I wanted to just t- touch on the scaphoid because mm-hmm. the scaphoid is known as a bone in the wrist that doesn't get a lot of blood flow. Mm-hmm. So there's a high probability of it, you know, risking death in the bone. So the, the tissue not getting enough oxygen and then it not being able to survive. So you have to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. You're very resilient. That's how we know each other is because we both hustle hard yeah. and we've always, yeah. Uh, long way. Yeah. We just keep, roll with the punches, many punches, but uh, just the difference between strength and conditioning and what you were doing with just training normal people or you were training some athletes, some fitness boxing, mm-hmm. remember that, but then, and then just the skill of boxing in itself. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest things I felt like, and I, I'm kind of struggling a little bit with this today even, but like with strength and conditioning, like at the top level of boxing, everyone is in good condition. Everyone is in shape. You're not going to catch somebody at the world championship level that just didn't train hard. Everyone's going to be, you know, physically fit. So I didn't, I feel, I felt personally that like strategy was much more important. Technique was much more important. You know, like you can get your guy super, super strong, but if he still throws his punches real wide and he telegraphs his shots and stuff, the other guy's going to see them coming. You know, like I just felt like, I could play a stronger role and that role made me feel fulfilled, you know? That everyone has to be in tip-top shape and just all, like, going into it, it's different. Like, the motivation behind someone that's just general public or that doesn't care about what you do. Mm-hmm. And you're, you've grown a lot since I first met you. So we met at Churchill Boxing in Santa Monica. So I did a lot of the physical therapy there. Mm-hmm. And... um I worked with you a lot. Oh my yeah. God, a lot. Magic, by the way, give my I add and I'm not just saying that. Like oh, well, magic. I want to ask you a little bit about that too, just because I was trying to find content of you too that I have. And there's so many before and afters of, mm-hmm. you know, just your mobility completely changing mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, the fighters too, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I could do things very quickly. So in mm-hmm. pro sports, it's the best of, of everything because then the guys can keep training. But it's all just like bringing people's potential out. It's it's a similar to what you do, mm-hmm. and we also train together. So mm-hmm. I love boxing, and I love learning different skills from different experts. And so I've trained with you for a long time now, and um, now you're over at Brick House. But uh, yeah, we met, and you've come a long way as far as your understanding what you do. I see you watch videos. I see you look at different cues. But you're very well rounded now when it comes to training because I feel like you're looking at many different perspectives of a fighter versus just sticking to what the fighter is good good at you know yeah. and that's an art in itself you yeah. know that 100 percent. you know it's funny though it's like sometimes this is something i'm struggling with a little bit is that sometimes maybe it, it i have really have figured this solution out but sometimes i feel like that i may be a, a little over analytical and even if i'm right 
it, you know, boxing is a very feeling game too. As much as it is thinking, it's also instinct and, and it's a beautiful flow of instinct and thought. And if you don't think enough and you're against a guy who's a very good thinker, you're probably going to fall into every trap that they, they set. And if you're a guy who thinks too much and doesn't feel what's going on, you're just going to sit there and do nothing and get hit. You know what I'm saying? And then whatever you're thinking is not working, you're getting hit, then you, you, you fall down, down, down into a, into a hole, you know? So um, it's very important that like, if you're an analytic, analytical person like myself, you really understand your fighters, you know? Some, and, and that's why chemistry is so important, you know? You got to know um, who is, who, who fits your style the best, you know? And you have to know where the person's at. And it's Correct. hard because a lot of ego in boxing yes. with coaches and with the fighters. Yes. So some people want to, and this is how I feel we are. And that's why we have success that we have. And we've been friends for so long because we just constantly want to be better and mm -hmm. we want to learn mm -hmm. more. We want to grow. We want to see different perspectives. So some people, and that's uncomfortable. Knowing your vulnerabilities and exploring your vulnerabilities is very uncomfortable. So mm -hmm. not a lot of people like to do that. Some people do, but they don't recognize that there's a resistance there in the beginning. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that understanding of yourself, you're selling yourself short because you don't want to explore things that make you feel uncomfortable. That's right. So it's just doing it early enough to where the person can learn it and master it before going into their performance is the best thing ever. But some fighters are very old school and they they're stubborn and they don't want to learn new tricks. Mm -hmm. But I mean, how are you going to be a warrior in the, in the ring when yeah. you're limited? You know? right. But if the other guy is studying way more than you are. Yeah. So I love being analytical and I think it's important. It's just like you said, knowing your fighter and also the other people around you. So talk a little bit about just being in camp and, you know, just how it was many times with us. It's just different avenues when the person goes through different things, but Talk about the different people involved and work with nutrition people too. Um, not not directly um, with them. Like, I feel like um, they they have put the time I've put into boxing for their lane. So, and I haven't spent the time to understand nutrition to the level that they have. So, I'm not going to sit there and question them unless my fighter misses weight or something. You know what I'm saying? So I let, I, I like to stay in my own lane. You know, I don't like people crossing over to my lane. Um, but touching on what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, the similarities between us, I think another thing is like extreme accountability. Like even if a fight kind of doesn't go the way, like I wanted it to, and I felt like I did everything I could to explain. And like, I don't know, it just didn't click that night for the person. I still think about what did I do? What did I do wrong? What do, what do I need to do to make sure the next person is able to absorb whatever we, we needed to do better? You know, like, um, I think that's a, a big part of like, especially in today's society, everyone's a victim. Everyone wants to like blame the next person, blame the next person. Like how, how can you ever like grow that way when you're, when you, you're saying all this outside sources are, are the problem you know, look at yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, I, I do that every day. I look at myself every day. What, what, and then I come with whatever, whatever I needed to do. Like I come in the next day, like fully recharged, coming at it a hundred percent. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's not coming from a cocky place. It's coming from a, 
I don't know everything because I love when people try to break me down because I do try to uh, be better and better. No, it's coming from a place of I don't know everything. It's humility, and, and, yes, actually. It's the exact knowing opposite. what you don't know. It's humility. Exactly. And that's where, you know, interviewing people like you and just understanding and you love learning about what I teach oh, you. And, yeah, yeah. and it's the same when you just flip it around. It's just a different skill. It's- Pause real quick. I had this thing like in my elbow that I like, I thought I was going to need surgery. I thought I was going to need all these things. She's like, just put your arm like this, look this way and like go like this 20 times a day. You were just like, what the it's hell are gone. you saying? Like, like I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe. Did like, you know how long that was? I, that there? was, yeah, like extreme elbow pain. Like every, because t- I hold pads, I hold mitts. Like that's my, that's my paintbrush. Uh, as a coach, uh, the fighter is a canvas, or the fight is actually the canvas, and I'm trying to draw out the fight in my head, like while I'm teaching, like what we're gonna do. You know, but regardless, they're cracking my hands. Like these are not light punchers either. I got like some heavy hitters, and so my elbow was just mashed, and I I don't know, just I just listen and follow along, and mm-hmm. no, it was good. Amazing, yeah, you were a good. A good listener at that time. But it's all about like how to cater to you within your lifestyle that's completely chaotic at all times. Yeah. You know, from you see people, most people when they have a fighter, they, you know, stop and just do the camp of the fighter. You are seeing people, you see celebrities, you work with actresses, actors, CEOs. So you don't stop and you're flying here, flying there. You know, sometimes I'm like, where are you? (laughs) Are we training today? (laughs) One of us is out of town. (laughs) Like, are you still here? So it's, it's, tell me a little bit about that because everything I give you, it's a way to calm down your nervous system. It's all Mm -hmm. messing with your Mm -hmm. nervous system because you go through so much and your life is so chaotic. So tell me a little bit about how you implement different strategies to keep yourself healthy or try to at least. (laughs) Honestly, um, Stretching has been like a big, a big part of like feeling better. Um, I have like recently within the last two years fallen in love with Olympic lifting. Um, I'm going to compete at the end of this year. Give it a shot. You know, my numbers are, I've gotten pretty good. Um, but those things have helped me stay just like healthy, I guess, you know, more than physically, mentally, you know, I like the person I see in the mirror. You know, and, and that's very important physically, spiritually, mentally, you know. Um, so empowering to lift like that. Yeah, yeah. And coming from injuries, it's because I wasn't always in shape. And I, it's not that I had severe injuries, but I had some pain. And I, uh, I was uh, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this for a long time. That's when I was young, young. Yeah. And then you fixed things and then you get stronger and build this foundation. And then you start seeing yourself do stuff that you're like, man. Yeah. But it's fun because people think you shouldn't lift weights and like, oh, I don't lift. Cause yeah. No, you can lift heavy. Yeah. You just have to make sure you have a foundation that That's you're right. set up This on. is actually the best my body's ever felt in my life. I and the most mobile you've time. ever been. Yes, the most mobile I've Literally. ever been. Yeah, yeah. And I can see it by yeah. your movements. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, you know, I don't do anything with fear. Like just like victimization. Same. Victimization, shame, and fear can all like eat it because yeah. it's just… Those things take away from your life and they take away from your growth. And it's just you not being able to control your own ego. Truth. And the ego, not that it's the enemy, but it's like. Can be. It can be. Well, so there's a spectrum. And if you let it consume you, it can be. So we were talking earlier about a fighter that you know was hurt by one of his coaches because the coach didn't want to call the fight. And it's like, it's your responsibility as a coach to protect these guys. Mm-hmm. And so they're 
well-being should be number one, not what you want. So having control of the ego in any situation is so important because it can be dangerous. Right. Literally life-changing dangerous. Right. And like sometimes it's it's hard with these guys too, you know, because they're they're soldiers, they're warriors. They only they only understand that. And you know, I had a guy who was in fight of the year uh, last year. He he they won. Uh, his name is Azat Hovanissian. He's an Armenian guy, um, but he's the type of fighter that he'd rather die than 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 take a loss, you know. And when you know your guy like that too, I oh, it's it's. I've, you know, it's, it's heavy, yeah, very heavy. It is. But as a coach, it's your responsibility. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's your responsibility to know protocols, like concussion protocols, if you're the only one watching that fighter. That's right. So I just always think that. From it, hydration to. 100%. Yeah. You think about that person long term, they're a human being. Yeah. It's not just a paycheck, you know? Family. 100%. And they have yeah. a family. So I think it's really important because we've. I mean, you've always cared about your fighter as a well-rounded well-being. Like they're well in a well-rounded way where you're caring about their entire well-being. That's right. And you, I always see you go to different events and things with your fighters. You go to their, their house parties and things. So it's, it's nice to see you connect to them like they are family because you truly care. Mm-hmm. And you've referred me so many people because you know I can help them. Yeah. And it's been amazing. So. <laughs> me too. Me too. I appreciate you. They always feel better, ready to go the next next training session. Shoulders good, you know. Hip is good. Whatever it might be, ankle. They're they're always after they see you. Let's go. Back it's on fun. Track. It's fun because it's like, you know, there's so much out there for everyone that you don't ever have to. I never felt like a competition with you. Yes, we do similar things, but we do different things too. And even if we did the same thing. It's there's enough out there for everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. and you've never pushed me down to try to get ahead. And, you know, in LA, when I came out here, I didn't know a lot of people and you were one of the first people that I met and at Churchill, just in general, like I didn't know that many people and I didn't know a lot of people when I came out here at all. So, um, but you were so kind to me, but you didn't expect anything in return. And that was so refreshing because there's a lot of people out there, you know, I knew one person and and they try to take and take, and I want a percentage of anyone you, you in LA, I'm like, don't refer them. And they, it's just crazy to see what greed can do. Mm-hmm. Like you said about, you know, letting your ego take over, you let greed take over and you're doing things for the wrong motivation, you know, mm-hmm. and it slowly starts to eat at you. So you think you're gaining at that time, but you're not because now you're going to do less because you're taking advantage of someone else. And it's just a, a lose-lose situation for, for both, for everybody in the picture. And when it's, you know, this is one thing like there's a lot, there are other people like us out there. And what's sad is like when you, when, when someone lets stuff like that, like getting screwed over and stuff like that change who they are when they were really a good person to begin with, you know? And for me, it's like, I, I have, I'd rather be able to sleep at night, even if I, I can't, you know, I can't, I've been like this since I was a kid. I never really like, I would do stuff for people that don't need anything in return. I just, I like to see forget. you happy. I, you <laughs> like I forget. People remember you did that. I'm like, yeah. no. Yeah, same but here. You're welcome. I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because that's what it should be. Otherwise, why are you giving? That's right. It's for you, not for them. Right. And it should always be you giving to give them. Mm-hmm. But I've always admired that. And it is rare. And then you've introduced me to people that are the same way. And it's things like that and gestures like that that are selfless that help 
people like us get by. Because I remember I was like, man, LA sucks and everyone out here is a vulture and like yeah. no one wants to work hard. They just want to take from everyone else. It's like, what can I get from you? And I'm, I'm a hard worker. So I'm just like, I'm all about working, but I have all these leeches trying to uh-huh. leech off me. So you got me through a hard time because you were kind to me introduced me to some beautiful people. Yeah, and keep those people close. They're amazing. And the more you put up boundaries to stay true to who you are, the more those people uh, come around. That's and right. so now I feel like, like I'm at a place where it's like beautiful human beings and everyone's trying to make the world a better place, whether it's one skill, one person at a time. It doesn't matter. It's all from good energy. It's that's not right. a taking energy. So yeah, that's I can't say how much I appreciate that about you and just... Yeah, when I first met you, I just remember that was the number one thing. And you had, I could see you had Gabriel around, you had everyone around where they were also learning and you took people under your wing. And again, you didn't expect things in return. So yeah, I never said thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here it is now. <laughs> it's all love. But um, I feel like we've been through a lot at that gym. We've, you know, now that you're at Brick House, you know, I've kind of, since I came and coming into a facility now and having people come to me, it's just been a little different where we don't see each other as much, mm-hmm. but um, it's always the same love and same trying to get people better. And you know, every time I see you, it's like, oh, what else? What do you have going on? And it's always good energy and trying to be better. So yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. And we typically, because we're always traveling, which is cool too, you know? The best. Yeah. And it's whatever you make of it. And like you said about, you know, the things you've been through and all that. and if you don't learn from things, even if you're giving and something bad happens or whatever, you learn from these things yeah. and you grow and you become a stronger, more resilient person. And I feel like we've both come so far, especially in this crazy world out here. But um, just staying true to who you are. That's right. Stronger without changing the essence of who you are. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen. I've seen great people like they get screwed over. I'm like, oh yeah, well now I'm changing. Like, no, don't, don't, don't. Just don't. You know, don't associate with that human being no more, but stay, stay who you are. Stay that loving person. You know, the world needs it. And 100%. And look at what happened where the line was crossed, where you let yourself become vulnerable with that person, because that's your chance to grow and learn how to keep the next person away. Mm -hmm. Because these people are everywhere Mm -hmm. and they're going to take if you're giving. So you have to learn to give. Recognize it. Yeah, recognize it and then give love to people that deserve it. You know, that's right. Because you don't want to feed one of those people that that uh, doesn't deserve it, because it'll get worse. So it's just interesting the spectrum of narcissism and just and for me, like even if I do give my love to somebody who abuses it and lets it go, you know, I like my relationship with God has helped me just look past it in the way like even even like well Christmas on Christmas my house got robbed Christmas Day last. Two years ago, two years ago, uh, stole my safe. There was a lot of money in there. I'm not going to say how much, but there was a lot of cash in there. Um, I had like, I just had a lot of things that were precious to me. And, you know, as angry as I am and I was, a part of me like chalks it up to thinking like, well, I hope they had kids and I hope that that money like helps those kids. I hope that like whatever, like, like, please God, let that, let that, they're like evil stem from a hurt place that that now they can they're using it to to help people that because at the end of the day I really didn't need that money you know it was a 
would love it back <laughs> if you're watching. <laughs> not no. saying I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but not saying I wouldn't. But still, like at the end of the day, like if you're able to put like some food on your kid's plate and so, so then so be it, whatever, you know, like chalk it up like that, you know. And it's true, just not letting that, you know, just take away from who you are again. Mm-hmm. Because people, possessions are possessions. And like, like you said, recognizing their hurt and just sending them love Mm -hmm. and prayers, you know, because like you said, they have to be hurt to be able to hurt someone the way that they did. So I always look at people like that because I've had people, you know how it is. People want to hurt you, especially Mm -hmm. when you're, you're comfortable with who you are or if you're independent, you know, you have people that you're like, man, (laughs) it's fucking crazy. Like, holy crap sometimes. You know, it's wild a bit. Like it's, it's come with maturity is like, Learning how to be strong enough to be gentle. Mm-hmm. Like in the exactly. way where, you know, the easy response would be like, I want to kill these people. You know, I want to like, you know, the harder response, the stronger response is the response of kindness, which is so crazy because a lot of people see that as like, oh, that's soft. That's that's not soft. That's actually the exact opposite. It's 100%. way harder to forgive, uh, you know, you know, look past it and and pray Pray for your enemy rather yeah. than want to go get them, you right. know? And succumb to their level, which lowers your… Your own. Yes. Right. Bar. Interesting life, you know. It's crazy, but it's yeah. so true. And there, it's… I always think about that with jujitsu. you know? Like mm. people that are black belts, I love jujitsu because mm. you're just like this ninja and no one knows. And I can <laughs> use leverage to… I love boxing, but I, I can't outbox a guy. Like… Uh. I don't care yeah. what anyone says. Yeah, you yeah, guys have yeah. more muscle mass. It's different. <laughs> Someone's going to knock me out. If yeah. there's more than one of them, I'm, I have no chance. So with jujitsu, you know, I'm, I can <laughs> break someone's arm and at least get That's away. Sorry, if they are a box, if they can box. Yes. But if yes. Like, I, the way you punch, if, if it's a guy <laughs> that doesn't know what he's doing and you hit him with something clean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my money on Jenna. That's hilarious. That's so true. You've said that to me before. Yeah. That's hilarious. But say just like a regular, like a regular girl. girl. Someone that doesn't, see, I'm analytical about turning muscles on. So that's how I can Uh generate power and force. It's Uh fun. And you know that. So us boxing is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's so much fun. Oh, Oh, yeah, there's that. And the little things you say that I know your boxers like can't appreciate because they don't understand that. that that Some of them, yeah. yeah. So it's just interesting. What was I saying though? Oh, about so with jujitsu, I'm like, wow, this black belt is like a murderer inside, but uh-huh. you would never know. And so I just love that because the more strength you have, the more gentle you become. Right. And if you, I always say, self control. Yes. And that's I, martial arts. 100%. And I, I forget who said this, but just if you have to get upset during your argument, you don't have an argument. Mm-hmm. Like everything is objective. If you just lay out the information, there should not be emotion within that. Mm-hmm. So, I used to get upset and like this happened, that happened. And it's like just letting that go. Things you can't change, just let it go because there's no point. It's just wasting energy and time. Absolutely. I feel like we've come so far. Yeah. Our young in days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was bad. Yeah. And like, and that's the thing is like, again, I always use my failures to help people grow. I love it. Why would you go through something when I already went through hell and you mm-hmm. can learn from it instead mm-hmm, of going through mm-hmm. it. Like, I love that. It's not saying we're perfect because mm-hmm. that's where people try to find cracks in you. I'm not saying I don't have cracks. Uh-huh. It's just saying like, I'm learning from this and I at least have enough awareness to see it and then recognize there's options and different ways to handle it. So 
yeah, just recognizing your own, you know, like you were saying, humility, recognizing what you do and how you act. So you can come with, you know, some, I don't know, just better ways of treating people in daily life. Because I feel like we need more of that and more accountability. Everything, not just boxing. Who do you have coming up? You mentioned it earlier as far as fighters. I have a kid. He's uh, 6-0, and oh, five knockouts right now. He's a 154-pounder. His name is Jordan Panton. He's fighting at the OC Hangar. He's the main event, um, February 15th. And I take a red-eye flight to New York. I have a kid on the 16th the next day, Arnold Gonzalez. He's also undefeated. He's fighting on the top-ranked card. He's um, come so far, too. Yeah. He's fighting on the, on the 16th. And then um, I got uh, Gilberto Ramirez. He's got a world championship fight coming up March 30th. And then um, Scrappy, there's no date uh, yet set for him, but he's got a world title opportunity. Should be having a world t- title opportunity probably sometime in April in the spring. So Bye. it's going to be a very busy year and, and I can't wait to... to you know, enter the jungle with these, with my guys, you know. Fun because a lot of them have come up together too. Scrappy's yeah. come so far and he's the same way where he wants to constantly learn and he's yeah. listen and yeah. understand whether it's boxing or other things. And so he's come a long way and to see that he's, he's fighting for a title fight now, it just makes me so happy. It's funny because like, like if you don't know him and you watch him and how he acts and you would think like, oh, look at this cocky little, this cocky guy, blah, blah, blah. But what you're saying to add to what you're saying, like if you're as cocky as he like is these people believe he is, you wouldn't understand how humble he is to want to learn and and like his willingness to learn it and get better and get better and get better. Like like he's co- he's confident. He's not arrogant. You know what I'm saying? Arrogance, I know everything. You guys can't tell me anything. This kid is a sponge, you know, like 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 he's he you know, he's not what he what a lot of people try to like portray him out to be and think he is, you know? Yeah. But then again, too, I feel like that brings, because everything's entertainment and I feel like he does a good job with that where he yeah, turns yeah, it yeah, into yeah. entertainment yeah. and he plays the part, you know, yeah. he, he likes to put on a show and yeah, yeah, he yeah. feeds into that. Yeah. So, you know, if you look at just our society in general, no press or any press is good press, yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah. So yeah. I think that uh, he plays it off well and he, he maintains his humility because he just on and he doesn't really, I don't see him feed into any of it. No. But it's funny because people will say and talk, but yeah, you just put your money where your mouth is and your, your actions will speak for themselves. Yeah. For themselves. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Right. I was going to ask you a little bit about um, how I helped you and just different things that we've worked on. Well, for all the short Kings out there, uh, when I got done working with Jenna, I grew like three inches. And I just because oh, of my posture. You have so, no idea. Are so, you short kings out there? I can't see believe Jedi. you just said that. So he put that together. Like I'm <laughs> co- so as far as cocky, I'm now confident and cocky in this to where that's something that I do for people. Yeah. He's, this guy's like, I took out the hem in my pants. He's like, I'm taller. I can't yeah, even yeah. believe it. I'm like, I know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so confident about this. Yeah. I literally transform people because people are like, yeah. I used to be this tall. Now I'm this. I'm like, yeah, you get little you get spasms internally and like the lever arm is so strong because the muscles are so close to the axis of rotation so your muscles literally take away from your height uh-huh. so the fact that you said that i'm telling you it's so hilarious watching these people change like but like super in a superficial way where this yeah. lady's like 
and necklaces look so much <laughs> yeah, nicer yeah, yeah, yeah. me. And yeah. I'm like, oh, she's like, I and didn't think my neck could change. And I'm always like, these yes. little annoying exercises that like… Oh, it's the worst. You're, you're sitting there, I can like clean and jerk like… X amount like pretty heavy weight over now. And over and you'd rather do that. I, it's like squeeze with your hand like <laughs> behind your whatever. And I can't do it for more than two seconds. And like, you don't even know what's happening. Like people correct. have to look at their arm. And that's that resistance I was talking about with, with boxing is when you're priming the nervous system to learn a new pathway, a neural pathway to master a new way of moving. There's so much resistance behind it. Like people get mad at me. People like, and there's, I have to use a lot of tactile awareness, like poking and cause their brain doesn't understand. And people are like, why do you fucking poke me? And they get so upset. And it's so <laughs> yeah. funny. Me, I just let… I, I've been fixed so many times. I just like… I just go with it. I'm no questions But as far asked. as people that first meet me… Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's funny because even that… Like it's… I tell people now. I'm like, you're… you're you are the problem in your progress. Uh-huh. Your uh-huh. ego won't let us get anywhere. So uh-huh. when you want to wrap this up, like we can move forward. Because uh-huh. there's just no… We can happen… You know, we can change things so quickly and we can change a complete injury in little time. But if you let your ego take over, you don't listen. It just holds your nervous system in this heightened state. As far as a takeaway from coaching, mm-hmm. what do you think being a coach, like what's the number one thing that you can give the audience as to just what sets coaching apart from like good coaching versus bad coaching? And I know you touched on it a little bit and it's just connection and all of that, but Wrap it up into one thing. Yeah, I would say <laughs> it's about the fighter. That's it. You know, it's about the fighter. Um, that's why I, I don't like even use Instagram anymore. Like hardly I'm on there once a, ever in a blue moon. You know, it's a it's about the fighter. You know, um, don't be tougher than the fighter. You know, um, really care about them. You know, I. Um, I would say that, you know, I care. Yeah. Really, really care. And I feel we're very similar in that too because it's… Uh, <laughs> with um, with caring about people, they can feel it. And mm-hmm. I always say that like when I speak, I do a bunch of different things for physical therapy and strength and conditioning. I talk about how love is the number one thing that changes people. When someone feels that you truly care about them and they know in your heart you, you are doing what's best for them… Mm-hmm. Their potential is endless. We all operate at barely, you know, just minimal of what our possible potential is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that caring helps bring that out. And I, it's just, it's unbelievable what someone can do when they know they're cared about. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said that because I feel the exact same way. It's true. And then you have these relationships for life, you know, mm-hmm. and even if it's not boxing and it continues on to something else, it's like, you know that person has, whether they mess up once in a while or not, they still have love in their heart and they want to do what's best for the most part. You know, there's people out there that don't want to do best for people, the best for people they want to, you know, they have negative motives. So, you know, whenever you have that, just cherishing that and just understanding that that's so important because people overlook it a lot. They, they, they feel it too, you know. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of people don't like a lot of people don't know this. And like, you know, after a fight, if your guy loses or something, all the people come out, oh, he needs to leave his trainer. He needs to... For me personally, I have never, ever chased a fighter. I've never, ever asked a fighter to stay with me. If a fighter left me, which they don't, but if they did, because they can feel the genuine care. Right. But if they did, I care about them enough that it's their life and their base 
and head and they have their family to take care of. If you true, if you believe there is someone who can do a job better than me, I have absolutely no problem letting you go train with them. I have no problem okay. at all. Even with like, like if, if someday you probably have Scrappy on here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always like, hey, I'm going to go to New York and train with this guy for a bit. There's so many coaches. No, no, no. Go, I'm go. The same way. It's about you. Go. You know, like if, if you want him to come in camp, take over head coach role, whatever, go. Sure. Mm-hmm. No problem. I have no problem with that. I've never had, I've never had a fighter leave me and me chase them and no, go. Oh. And sometimes, because like, I don't even like to market what I do because I don't like saying it's physical therapy because I don't feel it really is physical therapy because it's so it's different. Not. It's, it's so different. Than I've, I've been I've done physical, physical therapy before. <laughs> what you do is not physical therapy. And it's so disrespectful. It's right. And so that's where about it being a, something they need to grow in. So if they don't value that you at that time, maybe they need to go with this other coach because like with physical therapy. Some people are like, oh, well, you're expensive or you're different than other people. So I'm like, go ahead and go see that person. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll give them my notes. I'll give them information if they need. Like I'm, we're all on the same team because yeah. there's not, better. and there's not a lot of us that truly care about people. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever want to knock anyone else down. So mm-hmm. I think it's so important. And it's great that you highlight that because it's so true. And if they needed to learn at that time, what another coach was like, maybe they brought information back and you could learn from it. But mm-hmm. most of the time, they learn that they need you. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. go ahead and explore yeah. and, and get your, the, again, it's just exploring the ego. So mm-hmm. they, they didn't have that trust or whatever they needed to see, or if it's just to train. Genuinely I, try and yeah, go. Learn. No problem. Exactly. No problem. I love that yeah. because it's so important because when you do come from love, you know, you can't get that anywhere else. That's right. 100%. You've known, I've had people take ideas from me, take product ideas, act like they're going to help me with it and then steal it hundred percent. And it's like, take it. Yeah. You're, you came, you're, the motive of your product came from theft. Yeah. Like you, how many people are you truly going to help with that? Yeah, with that negative with energy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like go ahead with your freaking yeah. thievery. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate you saying that just because I always preach about that, but it's more important than people believe. And then when good people, I feel are so, they question themselves and they're so insecure mm-hmm. and they act like having love is nothing. Mm-hmm. It's the most rare thing in the entire world. And I tell everyone, if you had nothing from, you know, but love, you are enough with just that. Yeah. You had no other skill. You know, I have people that are like, oh, I need to do this or I need to do this. Like, you don't understand. You have your heart. Most people don't even have a heart. They don't even give a shit about other people. So it's so rare. And it's or so Or other beautiful. people with hearts that love you. you yes. A hundred percent. You know, like Philippines or something. I mean, like there's so many countries that are, there are poor people everywhere with nothing, but they have love and you can see the, the joy in their faces, mm-hmm. you know? And they're nothing like, or what you think is nothing. nothing is they, everything. they have everything. Yeah. It's so truly, it's all how right. you look at it. And That's right. just like you were saying with, you know, God and everything, like, I feel we're always accountable for what we do, whether someone's watching or not. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important because that's how you get that self-awareness and that self-love because you... Make the right choice no matter what. Mm. Try to at least. Try to. Try Definitely to. try to. Try to. We fall. We all fall sometimes. We all fall. And yeah. it's being a human being, but it's recognizing it and then using it to move forward. That's for one. Absolutely. Julian Shua, thank you again for coming. We appreciate your perspective just as a coach and a human being in general. Um, Brickhouse Boxing in Van Nuys. 
Anything else? North you wanna, Hollywood, yeah. North Hollywood, and um, anything else you want to shoot? Oh, it was a pleasure being Insta- here. What's your Instagram? Uh, at Julian underscore Chua. I don't really post too much, but yeah, only but, when my guys are fighting and stuff like that. So I guess. You know. But it's also important too because I'm the same way. I'm so bad at social media, but I'm hiring people now, and it's getting better. But it's important because in order to get your message across, it's good to be online a little bit. So. Yeah, don't shy away from that too much because it's… For a lot of people, well, this is pretty cool if you go to my Instagram. I haven't done too many of these because they kind of contradict me being a coach. But I do sometimes, uh, like I do these video breakdowns that are more in-depth of like, like tactical boxing. Like how guys are thinking in there and like understanding P's and Q's and, you know, knowing like what to do in which situation and… Um, it's interesting if you think like, you know, you're not a boxing fan and you sometimes you think these two guys are just fighting. You don't see the grace and the beauty behind it. Uh, on my Instagram, you can find, um, like some video breakdown of me slowing things down, some commentary, some, some, um, subtitles and stuff like that. And you can see, um, boxing from a deeper place. You know, I love that. And I love when you bring that into our coaching because so much fun because I understand it more and mm-hmm. I get where it's coming from. Like when you slap me right in the face, <laughs> you get mad when I get mad. <laughs> you go, you know that some lessons you have to learn the yeah, hard way. Yeah, but now I have a brain cyst. <laughs> yeah. No, I was more than happy to fucking get hit in the face. I, I just know. have to know ahead of time. You're like you gotta pay attention while I'm like. Sitting. I told you to keep this up. That's yeah. your warning. Up. <laughs> and then I try to hit him. I can't hit him. And it's so annoying. And I like pointed to the, who was it? I pointed, I was like, hold him down. Yeah. <laughs> like I was so mad. Like I couldn't get to him. I'm like this motherfucker. But we appreciate you being here. I appreciate and just being doing here. what you do. We're going to see many wins. Yeah, you're right. We should have Scrappy on. It'd be, oh, you'd be hilarious. Quite the entertainer. Hilarious. Yeah. But um, yeah, just always much love. And if you ever need anything injury wise, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Good time. Yeah, we want to thank Julian Shua for joining us from Brickhouse Boxing. There was such a beautiful message. And I think it's so important to understand in success and in climbing the, the ladder of success, you know, there's a lot of things that can come into play and it kind of waters down what your true motive is. But your true motive, always remember, is to do what's best for the person, to do what's right, to, you know, even if you have a skill not related to a human being, doing what's best within that skill so that you're giving it all you have in the right way that it should be given. And it's it's just so important to understand that you can make so much money. You don't have to cheat people. You don't have to scam people. Money will come when you do the right thing. You know, people recognize that. And sometimes it doesn't seem like that. And sometimes this world can be overwhelming. But just know that life is trying to teach you something. And it's important to recognize those little lessons and then keep growing because there's so much at the end of that. And there's so much growth and there's so much love. And it's just important to never let your world change you because if your heart is true and loves, then just try to maintain that because it's what's good for your soul. And it's so important to just stay true to who you are and true to what you do. So again, I thank you guys for joining us. This is Dr. Jenna Getzis on Enhancing the Human. Just remember, if you guys haven't followed our podcast, go ahead and follow, subscribe, and like. And if you have any questions or you want to comment a little bit about the episode, reach out to us in the comments. Or if you want to reach out via Instagram, go ahead and ask us any question you want. And we'll try to get back to you when we can. Join us next time.